You're listening to Two Guys, One Internet, a Dylan Wallace and Sean Harkins podcast. Basically, if I use my mouth, it feels weird. <laughs> so it's like all day long. <laughs> well, let's do this podcast. Episode eight, two guys, one internet. Dylan Wallace here with Sean Harkin. Sean, how you doing? Doing well. Yeah? Yes. Better than you, it sounds like. like. Yeah, so if I start dicking around on this podcast it's because i got crooked mouth syndrome is what i'm calling it a couple days ago i was just telling sean before we started i uh my mouth isn't lining up right and i don't know what the hell caused it i can't line i can't link it to any type of trauma where i hit my face on something but when i chew it's all off and my upper lip goes numb and and uh i mean i'm just sitting here talking my, the left part of my jaw has been clicking into place, so maybe it'll maybe it'll work <laughs> itself out. Yeah, that's the cure for it. Is a lot of talking. <laughs> well, the where I really first noticed it when I was brushing my teeth, and I go to spit, and I can't even can't even spit like a normal person. It's like it's coming out the side of my mouth. And uh, Gordon thinks I should see a doctor, but what do the doctors know? Probably know how to fix your damn face hopefully. yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah but yeah so if i if i go sideways that's that's the reason why but you got straight face yeah <laughs> yeah i'm still good in that in that regard at least this week anyway yeah i'll keep you guys posted though <laughs> all right we might lean on lean on you a little bit this week but the uh all right, quick hitters. You got anything? Yeah, I got a few things. A few uh, kind of random thoughts here. Uh, Monday was a holiday, so the office was closed. So I did a little bit of work from home. But I also turned on the daytime TV. And I, ha- I have a question for you. What is yeah. the better daytime TV show? Price is Right or Maury? Depends on if you're drinking. Right <laughs> if you're doing that 11 a.m. drinking. <laughs> right. If it's 11 a.m. drinking, it's Maury because they're they're drinking too. Uh, but uh, I would say Price is Right. I, I, I I'm, not, I'm not doing a lot. Of, I'm not doing a lot of drinking at 11 a.m. Right. So. Understandable. It's it's the wrong answer, but I understand it. <laughs> Price is wrong, bitch. I, I hate I hate myself for saying this, but Maury is kind of like one of my things. I love Maury. <laughs> uh, yeah, until until you're lined up to be on that. Yeah. Show, <laughs> That's one of the things that. Uh, okay, I jokingly like Maury. I don't want people thinking that uh, I'm a Maury fanatic or anything, <laughs> but. That always kind of baffles me about the people that go on that show. It's like uh, they're always surprised when the surprise is bad because the surprise is always bad on Maury. It's like uh, right. you agreed to go on Maury. 
Like you knew that this was coming. Like there's no other outcome to this. Yeah, what what the hell do you think's gonna happen? <laughs> it's not like Oprah where you I had a car the, or whatever. I had a uh, a neglect abuse case in Montmorency County, and one of the I'm not I'm not obviously gonna use any names or anything, but one one of the parents got calls from Maury. Got calls from. Who was Jerry Springer's bodyguard? <laughs> Steve Wilkos. Yeah, Steve Wilkos. Do you know that? Got, got call, calls from that show, and uh, and, th- and this parent that was getting the calls was the the parent that had the kids and should have the kids parent, not the parent who was who was struggling, and uh, and you know that this person was an adequate parent because they said no. <laughs> I'm not going on your goddamn show. Exactly. Uh, yeah, price price is right. Is is Drew Carey the host of that now? The, last I saw, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that he is still. I might change my answer. You don't like him? I'm not a big Drew Carey fan. I don't really have strong feelings either way, I guess. I guess the only thing that I didn't mind him in was who line is whose line is it anyway and that was you know that was run by wayne brady (laughs) yeah that was a wayne brady vehicle that was he drove that show to glory colin and ryan they 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 were the funniest but wayne brady kept them on kept them running um we were talking about dad jokes a while ago and i feel like that's probably just gonna be like a recurring theme and one of it, this wasn't a dad joke, really, more of a dadism. My dad had this thing where he couldn't like get a TV show's name right for the life of him, like to the point where it <laughs> became a like running gag where he would call whose whose line is it anyway? What's my line? <laughs> and home improvement was tool time. <laughs> uh. That's pretty close. Not really, not really on either of them. I remember my my dad went uh, went to Fye looking for looking for a CD, but he couldn't remember the name of the band. So he walks in and he asks the clerk, "I'm looking for a CD. I think the name of the band is is uh, something in the Goldfish." <laughs> okay. Oh, Hootie and the Goldfish. Okay. <laughs> That's like, that's close enough. That's right. To get right, you there. Exactly. You know what they're talking right. about. Tool time. All right. I know you're talking about home improvement. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Uh, that's good. And any other quick hitters? Um, <clears throat> Netflix. I just finished. Um. Narcos Mexico. Oh, so good, man. That show is so good. And I think it got better. I like I like Narcos Mexico and I like season three of the original series. I guess. I mean it's all kind of the same series, but uh I haven't I haven't finished the original Narcos. I'm gonna have to get back into that and check out Narcos Mexico. I got hooked. Do you should you should I finish watching the original before getting into Narcos Mexico or does it? Matter? Um, I would 
I would do it sequentially. It wouldn't ruin it or anything, but there's a few references in the in the latter. Okay. I just uh, I just binged Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, what'd you think of that? I liked it. I, I didn't know what to. I didn't. I didn't know what to think getting into it. I mean, it was just released. Like, I think it was only released February fifteenth. Yeah, I haven't seen it on there for long. Yeah, I think I want to. I want to say it was yeah, just released not even a week ago. It uh, and I and I burned through it already. Um, but uh, but it's good. Alan Page is is in it. Um, and uh, I I didn't I hadn't read any of the graphic novels leading into it. But I as I as I'm watching shows like that, I kind of do some research and 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 get some summaries so I can get some of the backstory too. And uh, I think I'm going to pick up the graphic novels. It's, it's a, it's a good storyline. I, I, I recommend. Okay. All right. I'm going to check. Lauren was watching that too. I'm not, as you know, I'm not much of a superhero uh, person, but I'll, if it's good, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a big superhero guy either. Like they just canceled a bunch of those superhero Marvel superhero shows on, on Netflix, like Iron Fist and Jessica Jones and and uh, Lucas Cage and and a bunch of those, um, but that this is uh, I mean it's it's got it's not your traditional superhero storyline with the I mean it's not Marvel, um, it's about a dysfunctional superhero family where uh, where a guy adopted a bunch of bunch of kids with they were all born on the same day to mothers who didn't show any sign of being pregnant until that day where all the kids were born um and just the dad was a cold-hearted son of a bitch and it's makes for an interesting transition into adulthood for these superheroes Hmm. yeah that's interesting i'll check it out yeah i recommend it uh i also watched polar on netflix do not recommend Cannot recommend that one. I uh, kind of haphazardly watched it. If that's if I if I'm using that correctly, I I was working on something, um, and uh, and I had it on in the background, and and uh, I did not like what I saw, <laughs> what I caught of it, and there was there was a scene at the end where I just turned it off um, where the, where the main character was getting tortured. Yeah. It's gratuitous. It's, and it's like poorly executed and kind of cheesy. It's bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Uh, And right in the middle of the movie though, Richard Dreyfuss is in it for like one and a half minute. Damn it. I missed that part. He's the old guy in the bar. Yeah. So that got me reengaged for a second, and then I was and then I was gone again. No, I, I paid very little attention to a lot of the storyline and detail. I mean, I, what I picked up is it's an, an assassin who he's coming up on retirement. He's got to get to the certain age, and then he's he he's got like a pension for life that pays out a ridiculous amount of money, and the and then the entity that's supposed to be paying out this pensions like i don't want to fucking pay him so let's go kill him <laughs> and yeah. sends out a team to kill him 
and then he ends up like screwing one of the assassins that's supposed to be trying to kill him and then he kills all the other assassins while he's bare ass naked yeah yeah the movie opens with johnny knoxville getting killed so johnny knoxville had the good sense to just die early in this movie that should tell you something yep yeah bad movie don't watch it yep <laughs> that's uh polar vortex bad other news, we've had school all day, every day this week. That's that's nice. Yeah. So what's the total number right now of snow days that you've had? We're at 15. Okay. We had, uh, I mean, the before this week, the three weeks prior, we had three total days of school. <laughs> that's crazy. In, tw- in 12 snow days. That's crazy. Yeah. And then we're getting we're getting hit with snow right now as we're as we're talking. Uh, so, <laughs> well, watch us have a snow day tomorrow. Yeah. It, uh, do you think it will be a yeah. snow day tomorrow? I don't think so, but I mean, when I was when I, I went and picked up Jackson's got CCD or Faith Formation, I went and picked him up, and when uh, coming back. It was, it was pretty messy out there. I mean, it was yeah. it was coming down pretty good. I guess it depends on how long it lasts. It, the forecast doesn't make it look like it's going to last real long. So I think they're going to get out ahead of it, and we'll be we'll have school again tomorrow. But the way we're going, I wouldn't count. Yeah, out. well, those boys can watch Maury. If... <laughs> yeah, that's what they. Do. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, I was volunteering in uh, Jackson School today with with a food drive and he has turned into just Mr. Cool. Uh, yeah, he's just walking down the hallway. Like he owns a damn place in second grade. It's, it's, I, I only had two kids in my group, him and a, him and one and a, and a girl. And we, we go up to a, a door that's closed. And I said to the girl, just, just knock on the door and, and uh, and open it up. Let them know we're here. And she says, "I don't want to do it, Jackson. You do it." Jackson kind of shrugs. I'll do it, lady. Goes, knocks on the door, opens it up. That's one of those proud moments. We're like, this. He's got it. He's he's got it figured out. He's starting to get that. He's starting to get that confidence rolling. He was. He's always been kind of on the shy and. Uh, reserve side but starting to starting to get get into it yeah break out of the shell a little bit yeah that's cool whereas yeah whereas i'm afraid hud's gonna be on the other side of the spectrum he's gonna bust in he's gonna bust into kirk kindergarten trying to crack skulls (laughs) i could see that i guess that's uh, that's his that's his style. He's gonna take he's gonna take a whoopee cushion in first day of kindergarten, put it on the teacher's chair. <laughs> well, my dad thinks this is funny, so <laughs> that's true too. Uh, here's for his birthday, he got a whoopee cushion. I don't know if I told you this. He got a whoopee cushion, and the next half an hour was him running around behind people setting the whoopee cushion off and going, 
Oh, grandma. <laughs> it started. Uh, it Clears every time. Oh, yeah. And I knew knew my dad would just be laughing. Right. That's funny. You got any other quick days? Um, They are. There's talk about the Seattle NHL team's name. And, oh, what? what well, there's a bunch of different. The there's a few different ones that are being talked about, including a list that the owners have registered already. So there's, uh, it's kind of narrowed down to like 15 or so names, which is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, of uh, I think the favorite is either Sockeye, which is I'm not a fan of, or the Totems. Sockeye. What's Sockeye? Like salmon. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, the I was I was reading a Sports Illustrated article about it, and the the way that they led into the article was something about oh, every time you see the um, you see a Seahawks game on TV, they cut away to the market and they're throwing a sockeye salmon. It's like, oh, that's why would you name your team after what they're throwing? <laughs> yeah, so that so that should be that should be your NHL team name, the Seattle Sockeye. Right. I can throw that one right in the gear. Yeah, I'm, I I don't like it. Um, out of the list, I kind of like the Emerald and Rainier's, like Mount Rainier. Okay. Uh, but anyways, that got me to thinking kind of randomly about uh, 20 years ago, Nashville brought a team into the league, and I don't know if you could, you know, I don't know how how many people would be like, let's name the team the Predators. <laughs> Right. So the past twenty years, I think the world has changed a little bit. Uh, I want the Seattle Cobains. There you go. Or like the Seattle uh, Brewers, but it'd be a completely different brewer. It'd be coffee. Oh yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the sockeye though. That's terrible. Yeah, there. It, the team that used to be there, I, I, don't, I don't remember when, a long time ago, was the Metropolitans. And they had these kind of crazy jerseys that would be kind of cool if they went that route too. But I just can't get behind Sockeye. No, and Rainier's would I like the I like the I like the sound of it. However, it's one mountain. So I mean if you're the Seattle Rainiers, it's not really striking fear into me if I got to face the freaking mountains when there's one Mount Rainier. I'll pass that on to the people who are making the decision. Yeah, I got to yeah, pass that along. Dylan does not approve of any of your goddamn I was like, Dylan's not intimidated by facing mountains. (laughs) Uh, At least call it like a range. You need a range of mountains, not just one mountain. Wait, is is Mount, is Mount Rainier is that volcanic? Uh, that uh, I don't actually know. If it's volcanic, then run with it. <laughs> That's your winner. Yeah, that changes things. It changes. It's com- completely different story. I, I can respect that. Yeah, completely different story if it's volcanic. I feel like I should probably know that. 
Yeah, you should. You live out there. It's going to be the, the Seattle Kenny Hollins. Yeah. <laughs> I can get behind that, too, really. I think that you couldn't – I don't think you could do better for your first GM than Kenny Holland, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I'm not even one of those I, – I don't have – I'm like the one person on earth who doesn't have, like, really strong opinions on him. I don't think he's as bad as the people who hate him think he is. But, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a good fit. I just want to see Eiserman back. Yeah, I know. That's kind of my biggest push. If he leaves – really means that Iserman is really coming back and the rumors can be put to bed and we got Stevie Y back in Detroit. I mean, that would, that's ideal. But, yeah. Uh, my only quick hitter is Pittsburgh Steelers are parting ways with both Antonio Bryant and Le'Veon Bell. They're not going to tag Bell, so they're going to let him walk. Bryant's demanded a trade, and they're gonna they're gonna facilitate a trade. Who would you rather see wearing the Honolulu blue next year, AB or Le'Veon Bell? Well, people have high hopes for Carry On, right? Yep. But Detroit has there's been high hopes for a Detroit running game for since, like, the second Barry Sanders retired. Right. So I don't know if you want to shore that up or give or give Stafford a big threat. I, I'd probably go with Bryant. Brown? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Des Bryant, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's available. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably go with Brown. I'd say AB too, just because I think that's a bigger need. Because um, Carry On showed showed some strong flashes last year, but I also know what I mean. That's the Lions hired Bevel as their offensive coordinator. He's he's run first minded. Um, they want to establish the run game. Um, they might feel that Bell is a is a better fit, but. Running back shelf life is so damn short. Right. I mean, you you invest a bunch of money into Bell, and well, and the NFL's got terrible contracts where they, there's really no not much guaranteed money. But um, but I mean, within your what do you got them for? Maybe maybe three years at best. Where for for AB, you might be able to get five years out of them yet. But. I, but I think he feels fills a, he would fill a bigger need. I'd say AB as well. Well, so is uh, Le'Veon just going to be? They're going to release him? He'll just be a free agent? Well, yeah. I mean, he was tagged last year, and he didn't sign his tender, so he just held out all year. So he was only a one year deal. So I mean, they had the option of either tagging him or signing him long term. He wasn't going to sign a long-term deal with them, and they weren't going to pay him what he wanted to sign a long-term deal for. Um, so he's essentially a free agent so, from last season, right? And <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but, I mean, the Lions could probably use both of them. <laughs> so they, yeah, they could, and they both got Michigan ties. AB played at Central, and Le'Veon played at Michigan State, and is from Michigan. Yeah, so they both. They both got ties here. 
Um, um, so do you think, I mean, are the Lions going to go that route? I mean, is that, do you think one of them will actually end up in Detroit? Probably not because they're the fucking Lions and they're going to think that they're smarter than everybody else and don't, don't need somebody. I mean, I, what I want the Lions to do is I want them to draft Kyler Murray at eight if he's available, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. I want him to trade for A.B. and move Stafford for some some picks and use those somewhere else. But just to just to make it interesting, you're not going to win a goddamn thing. Let's make it entertaining at least. Yeah. No, but we're gonna we're gonna keep. Stafford as a quarterback, and I've always I've always liked Stafford. I just think we need to change it up. We'll probably draft the tight end at number eight. Probably that tight end out of Iowa, Hockensack, whatever his name is. And it's just another freaking shitty year. So we got to have fun right now and say, hey, who would you rather have, A.B. or Lady right. This is our Super Bowl. Not- this is our Super Bowl right now. Let's just speculate, guys, that we could potentially Players, have. let's talk about them. Yeah. We don't want to talk about our own damn players. Well. Yeah. Lions. Life is a Lions, man. Uh, that's, that's, that's it. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I do. I debated bringing this up, but I, I felt like it was probably too good to let's, not. Um, let's hear it. So I, uh, I I live alone now since since Lord moved away. Uh, and over the weekend, I was I just like I don't know if you I'm sure you've had this before where you just like set your mind to something. And it's like I'm gonna do it, or I'm gonna at least see if I can do it, like a like a house project or like yard work or whatever. Uh, so I tried to move my couch from my basement to my living room by myself. <laughs> Guess how far I got. You got maybe a quarter way up. The Dude, I got like exactly halfway to where I needed to, to be. <laughs> and uh, it didn't work. Had to abort. Had to like slide it down the stairs. Uh, so I was like sore and it was a poor decision all around. <laughs> you had to, you should have called up your buddy with the uh, pride and joy see if he could have given you yeah hand. next time uh, yeah I'm going to need a hand obviously I can't do it by myself uh, yeah yeah that's <laughs> I know the feeling though with like get, getting halfway into a project and you're like what the hell was I even <laughs> thinking about even trying that yep Um, that's good. I felt I felt that I was building a uh, Hudson's birthday was over the weekend. I mentioned he got a whoopee cushion, but it was biscuit the dog birthday party theme, and I was uh, my my big task was uh, building a dog house out of cardboard boxes for biscuit the dog. Okay, and and structurally sound dog house. <laughs> I got diaper. I got diaper boxes. I cut off the top. I've got a. I've got a beam across the top to support the flaps. That's going to hold the roof up. I got the roof on there. It's. I'm doing. I'm. I'm cooking. And, that, and then it gets to the point where. Well, we got diaper box on the outside. And Courtney said, "What are you going to put on top of it to cover that up?" 
And I said, well, I was thinking construction paper. So I go to put the construction paper on. I'm thinking, I don't know how the hell to tape this construction paper on where I don't see the tape. And it's just, just it was just beyond me. And I get to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm done. Of course, you can figure out this this part <laughs> of it. Now it's now it's not that hard because we should just took scotch tape and like did loops and taped it on there and made and it looked great afterwards. But I, I, it was just one of those things where I just couldn't wrap my head around. I'm like, I'm using masking tape and I'm seeing every piece of tape I'm putting on there. I'm like, this freaking sucks. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of how I felt. I got halfway into it. I'm doing good, and then I just get I ran to a wall. <laughs> It's just beyond your capabilities at that point. I cannot tape construction paper onto an object. <laughs> hey, we all have our limits, man. I know it. You want me, you want, a, you want a doghouse to build a cardboard? I'll build that son of a bitch. Just don't ask me to decorate it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, you ready to get on to the next segment? Yep. All right, we'll come back with uh, take on our favorite Detroit teams here coming up. My dad had um, probably like 20 years ago. uh, He just like woke up in the morning. He had palsy, uh, which is like the the muscles and like part of your face just go numb. And it took just like months and and it just goes away fucking weird all right um we're kind of kind of a sports heavy episode here but there's a few different things to talk about so uh one of those was there was an article in the free press that discussed which team which detroit um sports team has the best chance of winning a championship soon which which team will win um, the next championship. And I have a, f- a few thoughts on that. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm curious what, who your pick is, Dylan. I mean, honestly, it's a depressing topic <laughs> because, because none of the teams are gross. Um, the, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's like one of those topics that you only discuss when there's, there's just shitty outcomes on the horizon. So you're, tr- so you're trying to look through these seasons with rose colored glasses. Um, but I mean, if, if I was to, if I was to look at these teams um, and pick who I thought was going to be the, on the, on the verge of winning a championship, I think my, I mean, not on the verge, but when I guess win one before the other teams, um, I, I would have to say um, Tigers and Wings are probably kind of like 1A and 1B because um, they've kind of embraced the rebuild and they're, they've, they've got some talent. Wings, are, Wings might even be a little bit closer than the Tigers. <clears throat> um, I mean, they're both, they're both a long ways off, but, they, but they've replenished their prospects. They're, they're going about it the right way. Um, the Pistons are they've got they've got they've got some good players they've got some bad contracts um they're kind of a mishmash of a roster 
It's a superstar league. Blake Griffin's been playing out of his mind this year, and it hasn't really mattered. Um, I just don't see them having enough talent in the near future to be able to do it. And when I say near future, I'm thinking like five years they're not to be a contender. And then the Lions are just the goddamn Lions. I mean, I don't – I'm gonna. they're going to be always be on the bottom of my list. I don't – care what they have going for them or what they're doing they're never going to win the goddamn championship i mean it's just it's just not going to happen so i don't so this this is the closest they're ever going to get to a super bowl victory is people talking about the goddamn thing <laughs> yep um i feel that uh so i'd, I'd probably i'd probably go if i was going to it, I took a shortcut by saying Tigers and Wings one A one B, but I'd probably go. I'd probably go Wings, Tigers, Pistons, Lions. If I was ranking the four. Yeah, I agree. I would. I would say the same. And I think the Tigers and the Red Wings are doing the same thing basically. And I think the Red Wings are maybe like yeah, like two years ahead of the Tigers maybe in that regard. Um. So, but I think the Tigers are going down that path and should go down that path of acquiring future assets um, for, you know, getting younger and, and getting obviously better. Uh, and the Red Wings have been doing that, doing that for a few years, which means losing a lot, but that's the way it is. Pistons right. are just, I think, um, I, I've said before, they're in a kind of like a gray area where They've got Blake Griffin, but they're not that good, and they don't have like exciting young talent necessarily. So they're just kind of stuck in neutral to me, and uh, <clears throat> that's what I think about Detroit's three professional sports teams. Hit <laughs> uh, it on that. <laughs> Goddamn lines. The uh, yeah the. The Pistons are in that perpetual. Are they going to be the eighth seed, or are they going to be the yeah. team out? And you don't want to, you don't want to be in that position where you're either just barely in the playoffs, um, or you just missed right. the playoffs because you're just not going to get better that way. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to bring in free agents. That I mean, you got to be competitive in order to bring in the. Antonio McDice's and whatever to, to, to kind of chase championships, if you will, especially being a, being in Detroit, you're not a, you're not a destination spot. Um, and then, uh, but you're not going to be high in the lottery where you can get one of these once in a generation type players that can transform an organization. Um, and uh, I mean, I said it, I said it back in November. I was telling people we need to tank for Zion Williamson. Screw everything else. Lose as many games as you can, so you're in a position to draft Zion Williamson number one overall. And I got I got more to say about Zion later on, but um, which changes it a little bit, but not much because he'll be, he'll be fine by then. But um, you need to be able to put yourself in a position where you're you're getting otherworldly type talent. Because it's going to do one of two things. Either one, you're going to improve your team and you're going to be competitive. 
or two, you're going to put butts in the seats because people are going to want to come and see this kid play, which Detroit Pistons cannot. I mean, they can't they can't fill the seats right now, too. They're making no money. Well, they're making money, but they're not making the money they could be. Um, and like you said, Lions just shouldn't even be considered a professional sports organization. Um, and then Tigers and the Wings have been been in the uh, in rebuild mode, and I think you're right. Wings are are a couple of years ahead of the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers just added um, Josh Harrison today on a one year deal. So this is the kind of position that the Tigers are in is adding veterans on one-year deals to get them through a season. Hopefully that they have a good year, or maybe they might be able to deal them at the all-star break um, for an asset. Right. But, but but basically trying to piecemeal a major league roster together, get some assets in return while the young guys uh, get some time and develop and are in a better position. Um, also, I said this going into last year, but Miggy looks healthy. He's having fun in spring training. And even a, a healthy 36-year-old Mig, um, you're going to want ahead of a lot of other players. I mean, he's he's still – I mean, if he's if he's healthy, he's going to be one of the best right-handed hitters in the world. Um, he can't do much else other than that because his movement is limited, but – um, he's probably at the DH stage of his career. So, I mean, that's more or less nimble than a, than a 2011 Prince fielder. <laughs> I still remember that 2012 when he was, he did that. Oh, maybe that's slide. okay. Well, 12 is when they went to the world series and lost to the giants, which, uh, Prince fielder and Meg were terrible that series. Was that when um, Delman Young? Was that the Delman Young era? I think it was. And he was like our best he, postseason hitter. He hit it. He was when yeah when Delman Young is your best postseason hitter. He hit that he hit that home run against the Yankees in the in the uh, um, district series, uh, division series. Yeah, division yeah. Series. That like barely cleared the right field wall. He was something I think else. That was yeah. also when <laughs> that was like the 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 slow. Um, when I say slow, it was the complete implosion of Valverde too. Oh, just, that's right. The big potato just kept up, kept giving up taters. Yeah. It's starting to feel like a long time ago. <laughs> it is. It's sad, uh, but it's 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 true. I mean, you think because it started with 2006, and that's 13 years ago now. Oh, thanks. And I don't know. They don't. They don't have any player from that 2006 team on their current roster. No, Pudge isn't yeah. going to resign. <laughs> you know, Pudge is living life right now. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him on the when he made it in the Hall of Fame, and he's looking comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's got a made yep. shade. But like the, I mean the, and the wings are they got a lot of good talent between Larkin and Mantha and and uh, Double A, and then they got Zadina coming up. Um, 
So I mean, we're going to be able to see him next week playing. Uh, it's it's gonna it'll be it'll be interesting to see how uh, um, how the next couple of years go for the Wings because they got they got some serious talent. Yeah. Now what they need they need to do, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit more in the next segment is is they need to lose for Hughes. Go get Jack Hughes, whatever it takes. Well, yeah, they uh, if they can make the team a little bit worse now and uh, drop in the standings, better lottery odds. And one way that they can do that is to trade some talent. And the trade deadline is Monday. Uh, and there's a few names on uh, the the everybody's list, I guess, that the Red Wings may trade. Uh, the big ones are Gus Nyquist and Jimmy Howard. Both are on expiring deals. They're going to be unrestricted free agents after this season. <clears throat> and uh, Gus is a guy who you could slot in on top line or second line. And, uh, I mean, he's having a great season. And, and I'm, I'm a fan of his. He's, he's, uh, he makes things happen, I think. Or when he's on, he can at least. Jimmy started the season really hot and it's kind of cooled off. But uh, definitely a solid veteran guy for a team that needs a a goalie. I do you are there any teams on you this I don't I mean I don't follow it closely enough but um of the competitive teams are there teams in need of of a of a goalie like Jimmy? Um trying to think of I mean the the elite teams the ones that are more than likely going to compete going to contend for the cup uh, are pretty well set. Um, and that's the stage we're, that we're still in is that there's a lot of bubble teams. And there's – this is like I'm definitely not answering your question. But there's a lot of bubble teams, and uh, Ottawa has three guys on the, on the trade block who are uh, unrestricted free agents after this year. And two of those guys are like the top players that are going to go. And so everybody's kind of waiting on them too. So there's this context where it's like, it's hard, it's hard to predict uh, what anybody, it's hard to predict who's a buyer and who's a seller. And uh, as far as those teams that are in that conversation that need a goaltender, there's probably, there's probably like three or four teams out there that would be looking at Jimmy. Okay, yeah, because my thought process would be from a from a, an outsider, I guess, is a lot of the teams that are the more competitive teams. You're, maybe you're, you're the top five, six NHL teams. They got there because they have they've had one large part strong goaltending throughout the regular season, um, and, and and don't necessarily have have that need. Um, which makes it harder to deal uh, a goalie like like Jimmy because they, there's only teams aren't real anxious to add a backup either I guess unless there's an injury um, but um, I mean he's obviously the biggest trade chip the Wings have besides Nyquist in the sense that with him coming up, be, having an expiring deal and wanting to get some value for him. But I think Nyquist would get the larger return um, if he if he was dealt. Yeah, the talk is, and 
in in a second, I'll I'll get down to. I, I looked at what the Red Wings have done over the past uh, several trade deadlines, and predicting something like this is really hard because there's some random deals that happen, and it's just impossible to know who's going to get you what. Um, but the talk for 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 Nyquist is a first round pick. Um, for Jimmy, there's talk of a first round pick. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them went for like a second and, and something else, uh, like a B grade prospect or a later round pick. Um, so, but who, who knows? Um, the two recent trades, the, uh, good defenseman from the Kings, Jake Muzzin went to Toronto and, uh, I think there's two first round picks involved in that one, at least one and players going back. And that makes sense. He's a good player. And then you had a fourth-line center, a guy who honestly isn't very good, uh, got traded from New Jersey to Nashville and got a second-round pick. So then you look at that, and you're like, well, Gus is probably worth a uh, first-round pick. But it doesn't always work out that way. It's it's weird. Um, Then they also have a defenseman, Nick Jensen, who's kind of like a good third-pairing guy who – is a free agent after this season who is 28. Um, it's another guy. I mean, it'd be nice if, if he could stick around, but at this stage, it just doesn't make sense to have a decent third pairing defenseman who's 28 on the team. I, I mean, it's just not where they're at. So, uh, so maybe like a second or third round pick for him, uh, which I think would be a good return. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see as they're heading into the deadline here. Because, I mean, I you want to see your teams compete, but when you see that they're not competitive, and you see a guy like Jack Hughes, who is, I mean, he's the unanimous number one pick next year. Um, I mean, right now, I'm all for any move that makes them worse. To be honest, yeah. I... If if they trade Jimmy, I think it could get really really ugly. Yeah, I want I want I want. To <laughs> yeah, yesterday. You feel a little bit bad for guys like Larkin who are, you know, busting their ass out there and not getting much support. But <laughs> I guess that's just the way it is. Well, yeah, and I mean, he wants to be. A top line guy, and he—I mean, he is obviously with what he's showing this year. But I mean, he's got motivation. He's got a—he's got ambition. You want to see guys like him play through these shitty years too to get to a point where being a top line guy on a on a competitive team yeah. too. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not—I'm not expecting anything because because it's just way too hard to to call but um but i was thinking you asked me where jimmy might end up and there's calgary is a really good team that could make a push um in the western conference and they could they could probably use a goaltender and then st louis just came on recently and they're uh leaning on this like 28 year old ahl rookie like a rookie call up from the ahl who's like playing out of his mind so they could probably use a little stability too yeah, it'd be good to add a veteran like Jimmy to uh, in a position like that where just help and, and, and uh, 
game planning in addition to providing relief as well because it's going to fall off at some point. Yeah. Um, so I, I, like I said, I went back and I looked at, at some of the recent uh, trade deadline moves for the Red Wings and the Pistons. And I was kind of surprised because it seems like, it seems like something happens every year and sometimes something does happen, but it's really like a lot of, a lot of second round picks and, and, and that type of thing got moved uh, on the NBA side of things, like for the Pistons. So no, nothing really right. notable, but um, so that's all part of why I'm not expecting anything is it just doesn't happen every year. But last year was one, was a big one. Uh, Red Wings traded Tatar and they got a first, right. second and third, which uh, was a really good return. And that first round pick turned into uh, Joe Veleno, who I think is going to play in Grand Rapids next year, who, could be a really, really good player. So that trade already is looking really good. The year before that, uh, Ken Holland traded Brendan Smith to the Rangers for a second and a third. That's a hell of a deal because Brendan Smith wasn't even in the league for a while. I think he is again, but he's uh, just not a player that panned out. Um, Yeah, that's a magic right there. What's that? That was some magic yeah, right there. Yeah. Him for a yeah. Holland is, I think, pretty good at that. Holland's biggest weakness to me is re-signing the wrong guys, but he's he's pretty good at the trade deadline. Um, 2012, <laughs> as I say that, they traded a first-round pick. This is when they were buyers, obviously. Traded a first-round pick for Kyle Quincy, which was an, <laughs> an overpay from day one. And that first-round pick ended up going to um, Tampa, and they drafted Vasilevsky, their starting goalie, who's like a Vezina candidate now, one of the best goaltenders in the league. That one hurt a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2004, they traded for Robert Lang, who was a pretty good offensive player. Uh, they traded a first, a fourth, and a player, Thomas Fleischman. Kind of turned out to be like a second-line winger. Uh, one of those, that first-round pick, though, ended up being Mike Green. Ah. Who, who later signed with the wings. It all comes back Right. Around. And then the last big one of the past, like, 25 years, uh, well, 20 or so years, Chelios was a trade deadline guy, which I forgot. Oh, I, I, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that 1999, uh, uh, two first-round picks, 99 and 2001, and Anders Eriksson, which was a name I hadn't heard in, like, 20 years, uh, for Chelios. So that was – those are the big recent Red Wings ones. Um, so, and it's fun. It's it's interesting now because, like, pretty much for you and me, like our whole lives, they've been buyers. So it's like, oh, trade deadline's coming up. Like the Red Wings should get right. somebody sweet, and now it's like, who are they getting rid of? Right. But who are they getting rid of? So they might be able to draft somebody yeah. sweet. That's how you got to look at it now. I know, but chances of us being able to be in a position to draft Jack Hughes is is uh, slim. Um, well, I mean, where are they? Where are they right now? Are they third? Yeah, it's uh, with the the three point system and like games in hand. I can never tell exactly, but they're like they're within the bottom like four teams. Okay, so I mean, it's not. Not out of the realm of possibility, especially if they move Jimmy and and, the, and they yeah, that much work. The 
NHL draft lottery, though, your odds are like still not great, even if you're the worst team. It's like okay. 20% or something like that. Well, the only one of the things that the Wings have going for them is the NHL needs the Wings to be good. I mean, they have the they have the largest fan base. I mean, they're essentially like the Lakers of the NHL um, in terms of a national fan base. I mean, you find Wings fans all over the place. Um, so maybe we get like the get some of that Cleveland Cavaliers treatment and get a get a lucky bounce of the lottery <laughs> and. Uh, and get get some get some payback so we can get Jack Hughes in a in a winged wheel jersey. Well, I can tell you for sure that the NHL does not rig the draft lottery because Edmonton won it like four years in a row. <laughs> and nobody won. Uh, well, it's well, it's time to it's time to rig it then. Yeah, I know. Yeah, maybe, that's true. Maybe they maybe they will make sure Detroit gets Hughes. And I'd be okay with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> G to win. Sound like a Patriots fan. Oh. <laughs> um, the, there was a couple Pistons, n- notable Pistons uh, trade deadline moves. Not many at all. Uh, I know that you know the, the big one that I'm going to bring up, but uh, Corliss Williamson was a trade deadline guy, 2001. Oh. Big name. Yeah, and obviously played a pretty big role. Uh, what's crazy is they traded him for – oh, my God. They traded him for Jerome Williams and Eric Montross. Two pretty memorable Pistons. Uh, the Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog and Trap. I, I mean, a steal. I well, mean, to get to – get- Big nasty cordless I would, for those. Players. I would agree hundred percent. They also got a first round pick out of it. What yeah, I know. So that was Was that the, was that trade with the Kings? That was with uh Toronto. Toronto. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's least him. Yep. Thank you, Cam. Yeah. And then two thousand four Rashid was I would say of 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 my memory. That's the biggest trade deadline deal of uh, of any Detroit team, really. I, to be honest, I, I have mean, to think it, about that. it's one of the it's it's one of the biggest trade de- trade trade deadline deals of all time. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you think of immediate impact, I mean he he took them over the hump. Uh, I mean, they were competitive. They were, I mean, they were a good team. But then you add, you add Sheed, because she was traded twice at that deadline. He was traded from yeah, like one game. He go from Atlanta. Portland to it. Yeah, went from Portland to Atlanta. One wore a thirty uh, an Atlanta thirty six jersey for like one game, and then was dealt to the Pistons. And I know when I heard that trade move that when they made that trade, I mean, you just knew that. Hey, we're, we're we could do something special, yeah. and then uh, and we did, and then he fucked it all up and left Will Smith open for a three in two thousand. Oh man, that's every time I erase that from my memory, it gets brought back. <laughs> I know, but I mean, you, you, we got a, we got one championship out of it, so I mean, you got yeah. 
that's that's all you can really hope for um especially especially in detroit because i mean it's like you said i mean it's not a destination i mean we we won that team we won that championship without any without any superstar um and i had i i I didn't do any verification of this but uh, i had read that it was the only championship team that did not have a past present or future mvp on its roster i yeah i've thought about that i i can't I mean, the 80s saw tons of them. Magic and Kareem on the same team. Like the Sixers team that won it had Moses Malone. All, all those I, Celtics I'm teams missing. had tons of Hall of Famers. The Bulls teams, Rockets, Spurs, Lakers. I think that's true. I miss I misspoke. It's not true. That wasn't the only team. There was two other teams. The guy we spoke to, it's not true. The 90 Pistons. The 89, yeah, the 89 and the 90 Pistons also did not have a past, present, or future MVP. Oh, so it was MVP. Only I'm thinking, um, yeah. I'm thinking Hall of Famer. Is Isaiah in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's Hall, of, if it's Hall, of, if it's Hall of Famer, 2004 would be true. But I mean, some of the recent teams, we don't, we wouldn't know. Um, but uh, but in terms of past, present, or future MVP, the only NBA championship teams that did not have one on the roster would have been those Bad Boys Pistons teams and the 2004 Pistons team. Oh, that's interesting. But think of Hall of Famers, too, I though. I, that's, that's even crazier to me. Yeah, I mean, I think Zeke's got to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he, I'm uh, almost positive he is. But I don't know if if any of the if any of the O four guys. I don't think they will be. Could be. It'd be probably better Chauncey, right? I was going to say the closest one would have to be Ben, and that's um, because I mean he he added a different element to the it's game. It's hard to be in the he, basketball he, Hall of Fame though when you don't know how to shoot a basketball. <laughs> uh, but. You look at, I mean, one of the, I mean, I don't know, I don't remember if it was, I don't think it was a trade deadline deal, but when Joe D moved Grant Hill yeah. to Orlando for Ben Wallace and Chucky Atkins, I don't know that there was ever a, a more impactful deal besides the Sheed Wallace deal for the Detroit Pistons. Because, I mean, Ben Wallace coming in, Completely changed the, the, uh, the, the, the feeling around that Pistons team. And Chucky Atkins was the starting point guard for a long period of time for that. I mean, for the, to transition into the Chauncey Billups era. Um, it was, I mean, that's a, that's an under the radar, but huge trade oh, looking back. At yeah, that. definitely. Uh, the Grant Hill thing was a sign and trade. So, oh, and I, I remember everybody was pretty much like, and, and kind of understandably like, well, we got some spare parts out of it at least like this guy named, I mean, nobody knew who those guys were. Oh no. <laughs> and obviously nobody, nobody knew that Ben would turn out to be the player that he did. But uh, Chucky was, I think part of that 
Yeah, he was. He was part of that Rashid deal. That's right. Couple, couple big. Uh, Lindsey Hunter too, but then I think he just came right back. Yeah, he, no, he, he got released, he and then we resigned him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Lindsey Hunter was the was the piece that changed it. <laughs> well, tons of guys did that. Yeah, um, I I couldn't tell you another one, but I remember uh, Ilgowskis in Cleveland did it, and oh yeah, and I remember that kind of being a thing. People were upset about that. Yeah. Um, Lindsay and Chucky to Boston. Bob Sura and Zelico Rabraka to Atlanta. Yeah. And and the Pistons got Mike James back in that. So, God, man, Dumars fleeced some guys early on there. He did. Mike James was Mike James was a huge Yeah, he was a really sure. good, like, uh, fourth guard off the bench, play some defense. Yeah. Well, we're living yeah. in the glory days now. <laughs> yeah, you, we gotta have a we gotta have a segment just dedicated to that old four team because yeah. Now I'm thinking about that second unit with Mike James and Memo yeah. Kerr and Corliss Williamson and and uh, yeah, Elton Campbell. <laughs> Big E, easy E. He was Dale Davis before they had Dale Davis. Never excited in his life. No, that's that right. Terrible. Every day's a Tuesday in that guy's <laughs> freaking world. Uh, uh, you got anything else trade deadline related? I mean, we kind of just rolled right into it. It worked. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know if you had anything else you wanted to add about the uh... – No, I didn't. I was thinking the same thing as you. I was thinking let's get right into that. But I don't have anything else to add to it. I just hope the wings get worse. Yeah, right. It's I'm reluctant to to admit that, I guess, because I do still watch them and it's gonna be like I said, without Jimmy, it's it's gonna be bad. They have Bernier. Actually if they trade Jimmy, I wouldn't be surprised if they got like a kind of low end backup in return because they gotta put a body in that like they're in that bad of shape, I think. Well and and but, it could, but like the Tigers, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch from a different aspect. I mean, Zadine is going to be coming up after the trade deadline. It'll be fun just to watch watch him play. And like and like the Tigers, it's going to be fun to watch some of the young guys play and see and see what uh, um, what they can bring to the table. Because yeah. Zadine is that. I mean, he's supposed to be a top line guy. It's going to be a future star in this league. I mean, he, he felt, he fell to him and uh, people were surprised that they fell to the wings at like, what was it, like four or five? He Six. dropped to Six. Yeah. And he was supposed to, he was supposed to go in the top three, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he was leading up to the draft. I, I, I what seemed to be like consensus number three. And if he had been draft eligible the year before, like, I mean, if you could, like, time travel, you're back. You might have been the number one pick. I mean, that's how highly regarded he was. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, exci- I'm excited to see see how he looks. Yeah, yeah I am too. He uh, He's played, I think, a little over 40 games. I just saw his stats. He has about, like, 30 points in uh, Grand Rapids, which in my eyes is pretty good. 
he's 19 years old playing against professionals. Uh, you know, like the, the AHL is, is like triple A, four A, like guys who kind of just can't quite make it to the NHL. Um, so right. I think that's good. If he plays nine games and scores like two goals, I just people don't need to like that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> right. Like he's not going to be one of those like Connor McDavid. Sidney Crosby freaks who's just going to put up like 80 points right away, but he, he could be really good, so it'll be fun to see him. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, I, I don't got anything oh. else. Come back with Cock Yes? Uh, sounds good. All right. We'll be right back. No, no. Who's there? Why is it that I can't hear it? How does a banana get peeled? Because it's soft. Okay, we're back with cockass of the week. Um, so, my cockass this week is a brand, and it just so happens to be Nike is my cockass, and not for many political reasons. Oh, you gotta stand for the anthem. I see where you're going with this. The, uh, yeah. (laughs) These freaking cockasses put out a shoe that might cost my team the national championship. Now, for really a lot of people who know me that are listening to this know I'm a Duke fan. And tonight, Duke was playing against UNC at Cameron Indoor. And 33 seconds into the game, Zion Williamson goes Bo Jackson on his shoe. He goes to he goes to pivot and do a spin move. He blows out his left shoe. His his sock busts through the sole of the shoe. That's that's not supposed to happen to a shoe. <laughs> All right, I mean it, it. And and the 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 result of that is he does he can't come back around and his right knee gets tweaked which i mean nobody wants to goof around with a knee um early indications is it looks like an mcl could be anywhere a week to six weeks but i mean if he's thinking about his future i mean he might just shut it down and say i can't i can't risk uh, a larger injury coming off of this because he's looking at being the number one pick in the NBA draft. Um, and what I was alluding to earlier is maybe this injury might make him drop and maybe somehow the Pistons can ha- have him fall into their laps, but that won't happen. Uh, They'd be thanking Nike. Yeah, it might, might change. <laughs> but right now, they are cockasses <laughs> because they produce a goddamn shoe that, that is designed for people. That's to one job. That shoe has one job. Stay on a goddamn person's foot. <laughs> don't don't let their foot break through the goddamn shoe. And and President Barack Obama was at this game, and this clip is going to be circulating all over the damn place. But as it was happening, they got the they got the video camera. They probably had the video camera on in the whole damn game, and they just were picking clips out of it. But he, you see him point at Zion. He broke his shoe. <laughs> like, thank you, Mr. President, because you think they're cockasses too. <laughs> And then I, I, then the lawyer in me thought about it from like a product liability standpoint. Um, I mean, if you could point to 
the the defectiveness of that shoe causing that injury and if it was to impact his draft stock or cost him money you sound like because because college basketball athletes or any college athletes don't get paid people are paying three three thousand four thousand dollars to go see zion williamson play tonight but he's not making any goddamn money that's another point that i've brought up before but yeah, they have cocky asses. But if it costs him any money on his professional contract, it'd be interesting to see if, if uh, it, I mean, it would never go to litigation or anything, but it'd be, it'd be interesting from a, from a, a evidentiary standpoint to try to prove that Nike produced a defective product that cost Zion Williamson millions of dollars. He's, he'll probably still get drafted number one. It won't cause any problems, but they're still cocky asses because it, likely going to impact the rest of my college basketball viewing of 2019 because March is just around the goddamn corner. Yep. So Nike is cack asses um, for, for purely selfish reasons. Gotcha. Well, that's what this is all about. Exactly. It's whatever we want, whatever we think is interesting. <laughs> right. Do you think, I wonder if he'll sign with Nike. <laughs> I had somebody else ask me that. And I did. Uh, I came back with him. There's a Zion Williamson gif where he's shaking his, doing the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag, and I said, "No, no, no." I'll probably sign with like New Balance because those shoes last twenty goddamn years. You could put a New Balance shoe on today, wear it again in twenty years, and there'd be no goddamn difference. Um, I don't know if this is still true, but I used to. <laughs> well, here's another podcast topic for another day. I used to sell shoes, and. There was a period of time where New Balance made the only athletic shoe that was made in the United States. I don't know if that's still the case or not. Oh, really? I bet you there's a bunch of MAGA-wearing individuals that have New Balance shoes. Well, that would be kind of like practicing what they preach, and I sort of doubt that. <laughs> Who's your cat guess? Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to do this, but because I... It sounds like I'm doing like a Tim Allen routine a little bit. I keep complaining about like poor <laughs> service and stuff like that. Uh, but the, the flower industry, I guess. <laughs> Calling you out, flower industry. Man, shots fired. Uh, just so ordering flowers for people. It's nice for you that most of your family and loved ones are there, but uh, like I sent Lauren flowers for Valentine's Day and I sent my mom flowers for whatever. And ordering them online is it's really expensive, and you just simply obviously don't know what you're gonna get. And I God, this is kind of a dumbass thing on my part too, though. So I get on the website and I'm ordering Lauren flowers for Valentine's Day. It's like, oh, it's a thing of flowers. It's like a bunch of red flowers and looks good. Like, well, I don't know. You know, it's like, does this thing look nice to you? Yes or no? Like, that's as far as I can go on which flowers to pick out. Right. Right. And so I'm like, okay, that red flowers, like a dozen roses, is great. I check out, pay for it. Uh, Valentine's Day comes, she sends me a picture of the flowers. I was like, well, that's. <laughs> Definitely not what I ordered you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so 
so I go back and I look and the picture that I looked at was 20 flowers. I didn't even realize this at the time, but it was a mix of carnations and roses. They're all just red to me. Right. And so it was 20 flowers, carnations and roses. And it was uh, 10 roses and 10 carnations. And of course, in the picture, it looks really nice. It's full and whatever. And so I've come to find out that I ordered 12 <laughs> flowers, uh, roses and carnations. And uh, when she got them, it was four roses and eight carnations. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and it's so expensive, Dylan. It, like it's just like man, and, and for something that's just not gonna last, the oxford is something nice for somebody, but it's such a like racket. And then on top of that, I I'm trying to figure out what I ordered <laughs> after she sent me that picture. So I'm going back on the website and they raised their prices on some stuff, like it had to be like two hundred percent. Because it was the day on Valentine's Day. Yeah, they're taking it. Yeah, of oh the man, the whole thing I was just so annoyed by. And part of it was I was just kind of being stupid about it, but <laughs> so that's my podcast. Yeah, I I get that. I, I uh, in similar fashion, I was tasked with, well, not really tasked with. I volunteered myself for figuring out dinner for Valentine's Day, and I was I was going to go play basketball that evening too. So I knew I was going to be gone for a couple hours. So I wanted to make sure that I was greasing the skids a little bit um so and and i mean that we did we had the kids and stuff so we wasn't going to be anything real romantic so i i had gotten something i knew courtney would like but then i also ordered a heart-shaped pizza from pizza hut and the same thing as the flowers they jacked the price up on on i mean it's the shape of the i mean the you're you're Basically, you're just paying for this pizza looking like right. a heart, which which the kids got a kick out of. And I mean, there's not real that. I mean, it's not like a true medium pizza because you it's a lot of its crust just based on the size. Of it. <laughs> so it's the worst pizza so, for more money. Got it. Exactly. So if you're ever going to order a heart shaped pizza for Valentine's Day, my suggestion is just to make it. And shape it yourself. <laughs> That'll probably taste better too. There you go. Some uh, some advice for the fellas. But I also went to to get flowers that same day, similar as to yourself. But I have the I have the uh, ability of of getting something locally and and picking it out yeah. and and then delivering it. So I I know what I'm getting. But when I w- went to the store to pick it out i mean it was already picked over from all the other slackers like myself um and uh so i went based off a smell this year yeah and yeah i got a a very nice smelling bouquet that that has that has uh had perfumed our our upstairs in our home for the last few days well yeah it worked out good good work (laughs) <laughs> yeah but i get it valentine's day by itself might be just a cocky ass because of the 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 commercial nature of it right yeah right <laughs> but you kind of i mean you i want to do something nice and it's also like well you kind of have to now everybody knows about it 
Oh, that's just that. It's not like Sweetest Day, which is complete bullshit. Oh, yeah, we don't. I I don't do that. I actually kind of forgot about that. We yeah, we don't. We don't do that either. It's just because that's it was like he popped out of nowhere. All of a sudden, there's a Sweetest Day. Well, what the hell? Well, let me ask you this: Do the kids do it at school? Like, do they do something for it? For Sweetest Day. Okay, no. good. Because it's like if they think it's normal, they're gonna grow up thinking they gotta do they gotta do shit. No, I'll tell my boys if they ever if if they got a girl that says hey, we gotta do something for Sweetest Day, I said you tell her that's bullshit. <laughs> that that's the nothing. greeting card industry got to her. Yep. You you find yourself a different girl. <laughs> In no uncertain terms, you'll disapprove. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the end of the line. Make or break thing. Yeah, this is not a sweetest day, day family, young lady. <laughs> it's just not. We do not believe in in uh, in multiple days of showing love for 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 our significant others. There's one day a goddamn year, and that's it. Oh man, when you have this talk, I want you to be like drinking whiskey and pounding on the table. <laughs> yeah, with my crooked goddamn mouth too. I'll, I, I think with my if I if this is like a long term thing where I'd like the rest of my life is with this crooked mouth, I'm gonna have to start dipping. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's settled. That'd be great. Because I can only spit out of the side of my mouth. I mean, I think it's just a given that if you're gonna have a crooked mouth, you, you might as well start chewing. Cool. That'll be cool for court. Oh yeah, she she'd love I'm it. Sure. You got anything else, cockassery? No, man, we covered it. Uh, uh, we'll be right back. Grab it up. I I assume then that there's just like the regular flavor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just shaped like a like a paw. Well, I'll be. I'll keep an eye out. Dude, are solid. Perfect shape to fit in your mouth. Still talking about Cheetos, right? <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, we're back to wrap it up. Um, good episode. Sports heavy this this week, which we're going to have on occasion when we got some different things happening. But uh, um, we've. We've got a mixed bag of tricks, Sean and I. Um, moving forward, uh, last week, moving forward, <laughs> oh, last week. The, uh, yeah, right. The uh, So Sean and I are both fully employed. <laughs> we, this is completely a hobby that we, that we spend whatever extra time we have on. Um, but last week, we recorded an episode with Ben Butler where we reviewed the movie Blackjack. Um, unfortunately haven't had the time to edit that and get it published. So that's going to be dropping here at, at some point in time. Um, so that might be the next episode. It might be two episodes from now, who the hell knows, but that's kind of what we do. Um, yeah, that'll be coming that there's some, there's some good shit in there. I mean, the one thing, the one takeaway is blackjack is a great movie. Uh, everybody should go see it before, before that, that episode drops. So you can understand how great of a movie it is based on our review. Um, but yeah, 
that's what we got moved forward. We'll hit some current events too, but that's pretty much it. You got anything to add to that? Well, just uh, it, that's, I guess, just a primer for all you Dolph Lundgren fans out there that we're going to be talking Dolph in the future, so stay tuned. Yeah, all you Dolphers, get out there, watch Blackjack. Um, if you want to get really in the moment, make sure you got a deck of cards with you, <laughs> and you can practice, and you can practice throwing um, to the point where you can cut people with uh, <laughs> primarily an ace and a uh, and a face card because that's that's what ace and a jack, blackjack. Yeah, ace and a jack. It's like you forgot the movie already, Dylan. If I could only be <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's plenty of blackjack talk ahead. <laughs> Stay yeah. tuned. That's all. That's all for this week. So we'll see you later. Later. Thank you for listening to Two Guys, One Internet. Later. Later.